Welcome to Love in the Time of COVID-19. Join host Sissy Sierro, a distracted creative who is finally getting it together, and a chorus of friends, family, neighbors, strangers, and colleagues sharing poignant, honest, humorous, and sometimes harrowing accounts of life, loss, love, and restoration during the pandemic. The podcast series mission is to create a welcoming space for a new community, one we never knew we needed. So pull up a lawn chair, at a safe distance, of course, and listen to the stories about ourselves and each other. Welcome to Episode 5, What's Essential? I'm Sissy Sierro, your host for an audio story wheel that's stopping for a brief moment to check in on how we're doing right now. We'll hear stories about shifting priorities to find what doing, having, perhaps being less but better is all about. A different gauge of life and energy spent. Also balancing personal relationships and purpose. Not just how we work, where we live, and why we do what we do, but teasing out of the tangle the new essential. A closer look into the origins of patterns and habitual thinking and life choices. Permission and room for the voice of innate essential wisdom to have its say. Cracking open secret vaults and daring to ask uncomfortable questions. And how staying with those questions actually gifts us with a broader capacity for more grace, love, and confidence. What a strange buffet this moment is in our collective lives. The pandemic has been slowly deleting the noise, obscuring, and distorting the music I've been trying to dance my life to for years. First up, we'll hear from Mimi, what became essential in her life during the pandemic and into the uncertainty of now. You know, I finally, after a couple of months, kind of realized that it's okay for me to not feel okay. Like, it's okay for me to worry about, you know, my own future and the future of the world economically, environmentally. Um, and I don't have to feel all this pressure to learn a new skill or learn a bunch of new skills or, or you know, be productive all the time at home. Um, just because I do have more time. You know, at first I felt that pressure to kind of like be up and doing yoga and meditation and, and everything, and I still do that, I do. But for me, the self-care was, was finally realizing that I can accept some negative feelings to work through them. Because at first I think I was just doing all of those things and just not acknowledging them. And then one day I just kind of couldn't do anything. I just couldn't move. And I realized because I wasn't all along the way acknowledging all of those um, negative feelings that were coming up during this time. Um, I live by myself, it's just me and my dog. And it's, it was really tough on me not to see my friends regularly. I'm a very extroverted person. Um, you know, I single and I had wanted to start dating and I was like okay well that's not happening right now so um just kind of and then I was seeing my colleagues in the office I mean I, I love not having a commute but um and so for the longest time I just kind of was like in denial and was like well be grateful you don't have a commute and you know be grateful you have a job and um, and I am grateful for all of those things. And so I started to feel selfish when I was, you know, had those moments of negativity. Then I just finally realized it's okay that, it's okay to be okay with not being okay. 
<laughs> so that's not to say that, you know, anyone, myself included, should just like give up. It's just to say that I've finally acknowledged and accepted that I can't be 100% positive 100% of the time. And that it's okay to have those days where maybe I'm not gonna eat kale and, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna order pizza. Um, and I think when you allow yourself that break, it makes it easier to get back up, um, to say, well, okay, I had my sort of pity party for a minute, um, but, you know, life has gone on. It's been seven months, and, and then you just get back up on the course again. So I guess my, like, number one takeaway in terms of self-care is that just because you have negative feelings coming out, it doesn't always mean it's a bad thing. It means they're coming out, you're detoxing them. And I think we have often as a culture and a society in general are just always about like, well, staying positive and staying grateful and that that's fine, but not at the detriment of really truly dealing with those negative feelings. Because then you're not really doing self-care, you're just kind of in denial. You know, fortunate, like I, I do have this outdoor space where it, there's enough space where we can all sit far enough apart. So I was started to create a WhatsApp group with my neighbors and we would text and then I'd be like, hey, I'm going to sit here, get sit there and we can still talk. Um, I started scheduling um, WebExes with friends from other parts of the country and my family. And, and I was like, well, wait, I could have been doing this all along. But still, you know, it took the pandemic for me to sit down and realize that I could do this. Um, so all of those things started to help. I started to just regularly FaceTime people instead of just texting them or calling them. Um, so that made a huge difference to actually see them on FaceTime or WebEx versus, yeah. So that and, you know, I, I did, I started picking up some more minor projects for myself and I did do all of those things. Um, but I also like, you know, every day I kind of do a scan of myself. Um, and just see what's something that, you know, is either bugging me or, or isn't maybe 100% quite right. And then I deal with it. And no matter how that dealing with it, even if I don't want to, you know, um, I, I've just been trying to, once I kind of had that realization, trying to look at any positive from all of this. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, this personally goes beyond just this pandemic, right? You know, I've just in life in general, um, you want to acknowledge the things that are tougher to deal with so you can truly be doing self-care for yourself um, and not just on the surface. So I think I was doing that for a very long time, but it kind of just was a big re um, revelation the last couple months. Next, we're going to talk to Melissa Grogan. She has quite a story to share, starting with her own bout with COVID-19. Melissa is also going to share with us what's essential for her. It's, it's such a big question about purpose. Do you know, it's, it's, it's a large question, and yet it comes down to something very simple, honestly. But to address the, the shift that occurred, I suppose, really quite starkly around March, this identification before with all of the things that we've been told are, are really important, like career, which not that it's not important, but it doesn't necessarily identify, doesn't define you. If it did, then that would never change. And all of a sudden, my career wasn't really something that was possible to continue in the way that it had. 
I teach voice and speech, and that's one of the primary ways to spread the virus. And I simply couldn't do that in person anymore. And so I spent, well, first off, I got, I actually had the virus. I had it in March and April. And so that slowed me down, certainly. And the fact that I couldn't do my practice as I, as I usually have done it means that I slowed down quite a bit as well. And what I chose to do was to go into meditation, which is one of the things that I've done before, one of the things that I instruct. instruct. So it wasn't something new. The, the way that I showed up was this renewed dedication because I didn't feel well, and yet I was determined to continue to meditate. In that meditation, I also found that I really wanted to, even though I didn't feel well, I really wanted to share. I wanted to be a community. I wanted to share this meditation. I wanted to share this time, these these moments of being real and, and looking for hope. What is going on here that is that's positive? So much was getting taken away, but what was positive in it? It's funny, I actually, as soon as I got better, I didn't really even video very many other meditations <laughs> afterwards. So that tells me that there there was something really about this slowing down, looking within, and connecting to to people and I think that's really I think that's really the simple bit of it of what my purpose is it doesn't doesn't really matter so much like the, the outside package of how it is that I show up doesn't matter as much as the way in which I show up and my intention if my intention is to connect with people authentically and to simply help them by being around them or sharing some bit of wisdom maybe that I can muster at the moment you know, this, I think, is my purpose. That that might be a bit esoteric, I think, <laughs> than what you have an answer, but this is what I've come to. No, no, that's not esoteric at all. That's exactly what I think. I mean, that's, you know, I'm a longtime meditator, uh, singer, writer, performer, you know, so when COVID hit, a lot of my business, well, the brakes got put on. Well, here's my opportunity to really tangibly take my my creativity, and that's where the podcast came from. It's led me to many different things. That we wouldn't have arrived at otherwise. And, and I'll tell you honestly, it took me a while. It, it took a bit out of me, honestly, whenever it happened. Of course, I had COVID, so literally it took a bit out of me. But I had, um, I, I had, I was a professor before and I resigned, even though I had tenure, I resigned so that I could do my own thing. And ever since I did that, there have been these stops and starts. And every time I would start and get my business back up and get again, something in life would happen and, and I would have to stop again. And when it happened this time with COVID, I just didn't, I just didn't have it in me for a while to, to get back going, you know, to, to get back into what, again, what we've been told in our society is important, which is career, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I did as much as I could, but I just couldn't do too much around that. I just couldn't. So I got a puppy. <laughs> Gradually, it came back. And so like you, I'm finding that creativity again of, okay, what opportunities are in front of me? What does this allow? And how is, is it that I got that inspiration from people, from listening to other people, observing other people and what they're doing and letting that spark come again from the community around us? I, I often say we, we quite obviously need people in this world. If we didn't, there wouldn't be so many of them. You know, <laughs> not our obstacles. They they are here to help us, to inspire us. And, and I found it to be true time and again. And there's something about the simplicity of my current goals that just brings me such joy and peace. 
because the goal has shifted. The the outcome is is I don't care. Do you know it's this present moment that I'm in? The outcome is simply to be happy and to and to do no harm. I mean, this is the question. This is one of the reasons why I didn't have it in me. I didn't know the answer to that, right? How do I, how do I carry forward, um, you know, with with that sort of simple goal in mind? And I think for me, a big part of that is I don't need to overwork myself. I don't need to get stressed out and and watch all of the marketing numbers and um, work all hours of the day and night endlessly to get some you know some newsletter maybe out on a particular deadline that mailchimp has decided to tell me that that's the best time for it to hit you know i don't need, if if i'm if, if i'm tired at the end of the day my puppy really helps I'm like you know what he would like to go upstairs and get settled in i think i've done enough for today so things like things like that that's how it, one way that it can translate allowing myself to slow down so that creativity can be what drives me rather than some adrenal surge you know but how does that translate to the real world of you know because I think about this a lot about you know marketing and putting your business forward and is supporting yourself with what you do yeah and it, it takes a lot of trust and faith and and one thing I also want to say is Black Lives Matter has come up and all of this. And that's something that's always been near and dear to my heart and is even more prominent now in the whole world. Right? And so I look at, okay, so in terms of reparations, even do I want to give discounted fees to people, you know, people of color and, and also looking at, okay, with everything going on in the world, how is it that what I do, do I get to still talk about what it is that I do? Is that okay? Do I need to continually shift everything? And the answer is things are going to shift so that so that the lens gets on a larger population. But again, I hear from people, from my clients, from my friends, continually encouraging me. No, what you do is important. Don't stop doing that. This is what is needed. You don't really have to stop being a voice in the world. That phrase came to me probably because of what I do. You know, it's it's important. It's it, We can get creative when we slow down and when we listen to others and get accurate reflections about what we do and how it's important, how it's effective for for all. Boy, that was just just beautifully explained, you know, and how honest and how real you are with it. And um, I feel very fortunate to have gotten your name from our mutual friend. And here you are. This is wonderful. Trying to put words. I've, I've had such a crazy couple of days and it's so nice to I feel like I've been resting in your presence. And that means a lot to me. And that's you're a special person who's able to hold that space. I really appreciate that, Melissa. Thank you so much, Sissy. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that. This is I, I have always wanted to be part of a podcast. So as soon as the opportunity came up, I raised my hand. And then when I saw what the top, I didn't even know what the topic was. You know, <laughs> When I saw it, I thought, oh, this is perfect. This is great. We'll be right back with more of Episode 5 after this. 
To get the latest episodes, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at hashtag Love in the Time of COVID-19 podcast or at Sissy Sierra's Voice ATX. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Next is a reflection on what's essential from acclaimed Austin-based jazz musician Dan Redner. As an active music director, pianist, songwriter, and educator, Dan's incredible generous heart, talent, and music continues to touch so many lives, especially during the pandemic. Here's Dan. I think what I found essential is simply that it's time. And COVID has really validated that thought. That's time to invest in myself, uh, time with my wife, working and building on our relationship from small moments together to having a picnic downtown, talking and sneaking a bottle of wine into a public park, uh, to time investing in art, my own art, which is music, from teaching to playing and uh, aspects of performing and history and everything else that goes with it, to Time spent in the gym. I love to work out. Uh, I'm not sure if you totally noticed it by looking at me, but I pumped those weights. And, you know, I've always struggled for that perfect consistency. And now that I've gone from working an insane, you know, 70, 75 hours a week between gigs and performances and travel and teaching loads of lessons, I have time now to fully dedicate to follow a plan and get it done. I always knew I could. And now it's, it's great to see that this mindset I've had that I can do something pulled through and shown to be true that I can achieve these things. So uh, time in the gym has been awesome. It's good for my mental health and, and my well-being as a whole. Uh, and all those things encompass my, my own mental well-being, which is obviously something that we need to prioritize. It helps having a, a therapist living in our house. Uh, my wife is incredibly intelligent and thoughtful and, and always has two bits of things that you know put things into perspective, which is wonderful. So allow me to focus on my education. Again, it's all about investing in myself, which has been so fantastic. Uh, from real estate investing to making music to getting a better sense of financial literacy um, to build, you know, build the end player eventually. And uh, so we're well on our way to that. And it, it's essential. It's essential to invest in yourself, to have these thoughts and these times to be able to process things and work on these goals and things that you've always wanted to do and do them thoroughly in the way you want them done. Um, Further, I'd find what's essential is just having a purpose. Uh, now I feel like I'm not giving to others 100% of the time. I still give 100% effort when I do, but having time to myself uh, and for the goals that I have, my relationships has really been wonderful um, to make those choices on my own end. Um, and you know, when you invest in yourself, that spurs your passion, whether your passion is music or anything related to art or something in film or television or reading or chemistry, whatever you want to do, um, having that purpose has really been fantastic. So where COVID has been devastating, understandably, for so many people, and it's, I think it's only just begun as far as the, the issues and the impact that's going to continue moving forward in the coming months and years, uh, I found that I found you know the time is essential. It's developed my purpose and shown that more clearly. And uh it just begs the question that I kind of try and ask myself is, you know, now that this stuff is all out, what am I left with? And I think the clear answer is happiness. Uh, you take life and make it a little bit more simple and focus on 
and the things that you want to achieve and simplifying happiness. So I think that's a great question uh, for everyone to ask is, you know, what are you left with when all the extraneous stuff is finally out? Next, from a longtime friend and hotelier who speaks to us from her home in Uruguay. Laura has been a captive audience to nature's play of seasons. I've lived vicariously through her brilliant daily photo journal, curating nature and the two-legged and four-legged fellow travelers, all enshrined in verdant landscapes. Daily bike treks in the surrounding area became the through line of her life in the off-season. Now, as the season changes back to the warmer weather, opening the hotel back up brings surprising questions and insights. Here's Laura. Just before it leaves my head, because of the conversations I've been having, one of the things that seems essential to me, I think I can come up with three words that come to mind. One is togetherness, you know, to work together, to plan together. I really, I think uh, small teams, I mean, really small, like one or two people. But that's what I'm, I'm feeling that I would be benefiting from is re-engaging with you know whether it's work relationships or otherwise you know if if any time those were important now they're even more essential to our well-being and to our chances for making it you know through this crisis through every crisis that's happening right now health social financial so togetherness is, is a big one, you know, just resource from all the things that make a better life just by, you know, working with other people towards, you know, a common goal and sharing. Because I guess we're so isolated that not and being isolated is okay, but feeling alone is the problem. So. So togetherness is the opposite, and it's essential. Togetherness, you know, we must find our way through togetherness. And then um, the other one is downsizing. It, it was always important, you know, I think for a few years or a decade or two, I think we've all been considering the fact that we have too much, we spend too much, we talk too much, we consume too much, we read too much, I mean, yeah, like everything seems to be in excess. So I think downsizing is the is a big one. You know, for example, in my case, you know, like with a hotel, aiming maybe to run a hotel that even though it has 15 rooms, maybe just, you know, run a hotel that has six, you know, I, I mean, you know, figure it out so that the pressure is lower, you know, to achieve maintaining, you know, the business. So, and in every aspect, there's a fact that we're spending less because we're going out less, etc. I think incorporating that feeling uh, is important. And then the, the third thing that I think is essential to change, and this is gonna sound almost, you know, cliche, but to change the paradigm. So I have a business, or I'm going to modify my business, or I'm going to propose a business, you know, to new partners or whatever it is that I'm trying to move forward under the uncertainty, no longer is about making money, but it's about sustaining, you know, the investment or sustaining the place, or instead of gaining, it's about not losing. 
and also of course in parallel being able to keep the the reason why one does what one does so in our case is to serve so i want to keep on serving but it isn't about you know how much money we're going to make it's about how to make it this one I'm, i'm still trying to kind of figure it out but it has to do with making a business plan and making a budget etc to keep it alive and reinvent what we do so anyway as you can see that part i don't have quite clear but i do know it's essential that i rethink the my reasons for having the hotel that i rethink what i want to give and how much do i think that i should deserve for doing that so so there's a value yeah change in there that i think like i said i don't have it completely figured out i do think it's essential that i figure it out and that when i do i i see how how much i can share and bring that you know to be a reality not just for me but you know in, in my case it has to be with the community you know the business community at least in town which you know changing the business model means that i need to change the people that i owe money to to as well you know not just by saying okay we won't charge you until a year from now but you know kind of like resetting expectations at many levels so as you see that that, that last one is the most complicated but at the same time that last one is uh, the challenge that we all face you know So yeah, those three, togetherness and reinventing, yeah, Toro must have the capacity to start from scratch with the things as they are. I don't know why, I didn't mean to like go into a long dissertation about what was essential, but but it definitely has been on my mind, so it doesn't surprise me that this is the, the subject of your next podcast, because it totally makes sense. It's, uh, it's almost as, it's like a sort of like a 12-step, you know, process where you start with defiance, you know, and then fear and some other things. And eventually you get down to in the path because there'll be others to come, you know, after you kind of figure out, you know, how to survive. It's like, okay, how can I bring it down to the, not the minimum, but the essential things, the things that actually make my life work, my business work not guarantee anything but i think it's a safer not 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 safer but it's a more real place to start thinking things from and it, it and realize that all of that is going to take time it's not like oh i just thought of a new business model and then that's it no there is a lot of tryout period and going back and forth so back to the togetherness you know whoever you embark in this next uh, venture about the same thing that you've been doing all along has to have that frame of mind has to have that that acceptance you can't say oh we're gonna have so i'm gonna rent you know for example i'm gonna rent the restaurant and then they're gonna do the delivery and you know they're gonna be the most famous and we're gonna make a lot of money you know that's ridiculous i mean that's not gonna, what's gonna happen so how else do we cope without it feeling just about coping but more about you know it's time to stop sheltering and it's time to to open up again and full new meaning to open up i love you bye bye
I wish to thank my listeners and storytellers. I hope this episode inspires you to become a contributor on this podcast. Send your voice, your story, because it matters and you need to be heard. This podcast moves in my life as a constant challenge to go deeper. Episode 5's theme in particular has sent me careening into more questions than ever. Does it matter? Does my work matter to anyone other than me and a few close people? Is what I do and how I do it is tangible value? I know every artist has these seasons of doubt, but this, this is different. The next part of this wave of painful questions came when I began reading So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijoma Oluo. It's demanding that I pay a deeper kind of attention, turn toward and into the ache of uncomfortable and sometimes painful new questions, new spaces. If I haven't been consciously part of the solution, haven't I been unconsciously part of the problem? That has to be true, and it's terrible. This is the beginning of an essential personal change, illumined by my awareness of my own implicit bias the awful recognition of how small and tightly wound my world had become. This terrible awkwardness, it's a gift, and I intend to fully own it and weave it into a new version of myself and my work. This is how I'm engaging with the urgent, broader societal change, leaping, stumbling, and yet still dancing forward. For now, not worrying about where I land. Please join me for the next episode when we come back together in October. 